When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. Hello and welcome to another live stream edition of the John Carr Report. Appreciate you tuning in. Do me a favor, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. You're watching on YouTube or you're joining us now or later. You can find us there as part of Empire Media, A-M-P-I-R-E. Always much appreciated when you tune in. Don't forget, you can follow my work on ESPN.com. I will have a story up Thursday about Jackie Taylor, Sean's daughter, and what she's doing now and how she's following in his legacy. So give that a read on Thursday. And before we go any further, folks, happy Thanksgiving. And I did say it at the right time of the year, unlike someone else we all once knew. And if Bram, if you can see I'm joined by Bram Weinstein, the voice of the commanders. And Bram, a little funny thing about that, because if you remember that whole press conference, happy Thanksgiving, and they tried to dismiss it as a joke. And it wasn't because on a sheet of paper at the podium was his introduction, introductory remarks. And at the top of it, it said, happy new year. And he botched it because Dan Snyder did not like speaking in public. Anyway, we move on. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, Bram. And to everybody else out there. So we're, we're going to get to a lot of things here. Not the Giants game so much, Bram, but let's like, first of all, are you looking forward to spending Thanksgiving in Jerry world? Yeah, this is, um, John, this is like an all time honor and privilege. I mean, I get to call a Washington Dallas game on Thanksgiving day. I mean, it's like, it, it's a pinnacle of American culture. It's a huge privilege to do it. Like I'm, I'm beyond excited to do it. I don't like the way our team is trending and I don't like the way their team is trending, frankly. So <laughs> I'm a little concerned about the outcome for sure. But, um, you know, listen, I mean, I'm trying to pump myself up with weird things happen in this series. Clint Longley is part of Thanksgiving. The scab game occurred. Uh, the Santana Moss game occurred. You know, there's there's plenty he of Schuler won there. There's plenty of examples of weird things happening on both sides. So I'm hoping for some weird things happening because the way thing that we better get a course correction quick or Dallas is going to put a thumping on them. I mean, that's all they've done this year to teams with bad records. They've killed people and it's unusual in the NFL. Like there's seven and one against teams that are under 500 and they've won the majority of them by at least two touchdowns or 20 points or more. I mean, they're, this is unusual in the NFL. They're blowing people out regularly. Yes, they are. And I know for me, like this is, gosh, it's probably about the sixth or seventh time I've been in Dallas on Thanksgiving at least that many times. And, you know, I will say from a family perspective, you don't like being away from your family. And, you know, because you want to spend it with them. From a football perspective, it's like, hey, everybody's watching this game. It's usually a, it has been at times a fun game in the past. And there have been some weird games that have happened here. And I always remember, Bram, like not to, like, I always like, sometimes you bemoan like, oh, I have to be away from my family. Then I remember like, you know, there are people serving overseas who don't see their families for months. We're going to celebrate it on Friday when I get home. So I'm okay. So then you can focus on football and enjoy the day. And just, you know, like you said, it's, it's a, 
I mean, listen, I've I've been able to spend my life covering football games. It's not too bad. So if yeah, I have to listen, give up one of my thing, one of my biggest, you know, my first year calling the games was four years ago. We didn't get to travel there. Right. You know, right. Like we didn't get to travel there. And I looked it up because there was a crowd there. Remember, there were no crowds at all the games, right. but in Texas, the rules were different during the pandemic. So it was 30% full for that game. But, you know, we weren't allowed to travel. So I called that off a screen Thanksgiving night um, <laughs> at FedEx Field. I called the game there. But like, you know, so I this will be the second time I've called it, but it'll be the first time in person. And it it really is special. I know, I know everyone wants to move on and talk about the game and all that stuff, but like it really is special. And with you know the state of the team right now and my concerns about what the outcome will be in a couple of days, um, I feel very privileged and honored to do this yes. on Thursday. It's like I grew up watching this. Like it it really it's it's a real pinch me thing to go call a Washington Dallas Thanksgiving Day game. What is this again? And we'll get to all this stuff, but like, what is the rivalry? Cause it having covered for a long time, I just wonder where fans were at with the rivalry because it just hasn't been as meaningful at times, right? Like you're not always getting those huge games that, that you saw in the eighties and even into the nineties. So where is it at for you? Do you still like, what kind of feelings do you still get for this matchup in particular? They're still the biggest rival to me. Um, that said, like, I really think that the reason why it does, it's not as heightened as it used to be is because neither of these two teams have been right. really good at the same time in a long time, really since the, you know, the early 1990s when the triplet showed up in Dallas and it was the, you know, towards the end of Joe Gibbs run. And so they kind of collided, obviously my childhood, it's funny, you're a huge Ohio state fan. Um, you've got an enormous game this weekend that might be bigger than a national championship. You know, Washington beating Dallas in the NFC Championship game, to me, is still a bigger deal than their first Super Bowl that they won a couple of weeks later because they beat Dallas at home in the NFC Championship game. Like, you get to hold on to that forever. Um, it's still the biggest rivalry to me, but I just feel like, you know, for the last, you know, 20 plus years, you know, at times Washington's had some okay seasons, but Dallas wasn't good that year. Um, or Dallas has had more better seasons and been to the playoffs more often, but Washington hasn't been much of a factor. And there's just been so few games that really like had meaning for both of them late in the season. We just haven't had a lot of that. And I think that's what, that's where a rivalry really comes into play. You need both teams to be good and have so much on the line. And then you take the history into account, but Dallas, Philadelphia, et cetera, you know, like for me, like those, those, games no matter what the state of the organizations are are really big and for me still and maybe it's just because i'm middle-aged now it'll always be dallas that matters the most to me and listen like as someone who's covered this for a long time you're right though to me it's like it, it would be fun to see both teams really good because i just think it would be so electric there then i go back to the last game in the 2012 regular season how awesome the atmosphere was at fedex field and it mm -hmm. was electric. And that's, you know, and that was like, that's one of the few times where you come down to the end of the year where it's like that game mattered a ton for both teams. And to, you know, to, you know, Alfred Morris runs crazy and, and they, they win, they get in the playoffs and et cetera. So like that, those atmospheres are why you enjoy, like I didn't grow up and grow up in this rivalry, but growing up from afar and watching it, it was one of the premier rivalries in sports, Cowboys, Redskins back in the day. And like, I'm a little kid in Ohio watching that stuff. And, you know, for the Browns, you know, as a Browns fan, when I was growing up, it was the Steelers, right? And you hated the Bengals. But the Cowboys Redskins were a big time deal, no matter where you were. 
And, you know, like I like guys on both sides. Like I, you know, I had a curly hair. So you like Roger Staubach, but man, like for me way back when Chris Hamburger had the coolest name. So like, I liked all that. I liked the, you know, you like what, how the, the Redskins offense was. So it was a lot of fun to watch and it was fun. It's fun now to be a part of chronicling stuff but it would be even a lot more fun if both teams could be really good at the same time yeah. to get it back I'll, to where it was. I'll take you one quick story from when I was a kid. There was a really very popular local television show called Redskin Sidelines back in the day, and they would have a studio audience. And Sonny Jurgensen uh, was with Glenn Brenner, and then a player or two would come out, and there would be a line out the door to get into the studio. When I was a kid, I went to see it you know, once or twice, like live in studio, and it was like, picture what goes on at college game day every Saturday. It was that kind of energy from the crowd. I was fortunate enough as a kid to go to games at RFK Stadium and the place would rock. And the week before a Dallas game, people were literally chanting, we want Dallas. Like to describe to a younger generation what this rivalry was and can still be if we could ever get on a collision course again with them where the games really, really matter. I mean, it'd be amazing. I always had this dream, like when I was a kid, because I like I used to watch Glenn Brenner and want to be him, you know, him and Frank Herzog. I wanted to be, call the games and I wanted to be Glenn Brenner, like the local, you know, very famous local sportscaster. And like, I, I, I just remember like back at the time, like once it, when he passed and that show then eventually went away, I always had this like vision of bringing it back, you know, at some point. Mm -hmm. I, and like, maybe it's just fool's gold to think that you'd ever get that energy back into a situation like that. But I've always thought about it. Like, I wish we could have that show back because I think we have the fan base to do it again. Oh, I think they've responded this year. I think that's what's been disappointing when you go to these games at home that the fans have show, are showing up. Like they, they're doing what the team asked them to do. And the team hasn't responded. And that's, that's, that's been the big problem is that they've been terrible at home. And, you know, I mean, the two of their worst losses that I've seen in a long time, Bears earlier this year and the Giants on Sunday. That was just ugly. And so. Last one tough, John. I mean, like. That was brutal. I, I didn't think they could top the Bears one, but this one was really did. tough to watch. I, they did. They did, you know, it, you know, now I'm like trying to count up bad luck. They're going, well, at least that was Justin Fields, you know, that, that played in that bears game. And now I'm, you know, and I have to forget the part that they hadn't won in a calendar year, you know, and then, you know, yeah. then you look at this, this past one, you know, after that game, I was pretty shook. Like I really just, I, I decided at that point, like, I don't think I, I know what I'm going to get. And I think it's just, I'm done trying to make predictions. Just show me. But I, I fooled myself into believing that there was just very little pathways that I saw to them losing this past weekend, just based on the way the giants had been playing um, both sides of the ball, the amount of yards they were giving up their scoring offense, this, you know, undrafted rookie free agent who, you know, I, I just, I didn't really see much of a path of him having a big game against Washington. I figured he'd be under duress the whole time. And I guess it took six turnovers, a sloppy game, and a bunch of what I've grown accustomed to now, which I can't believe, which is the story of the season, mistakes on defense that end up in these sure. dash plays over and over and over. And this time against an offense that I just never envisioned would be able to put it together to do it, you know, and here we are sitting here at four and seven when I fully expected to be five and six going to Dallas. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. There is so much to be thankful for. Family, friends, food, and NFL football all week long. DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping your Thanksgiving week full of action. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on the NFL action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets. No matter your appetite, there's something for you. Money lines, parlays, props, live bets, and so much more. You name it, they've got it. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KIME, K-E-I-M. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL Thanksgiving action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code KIME. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Five and six or, or six and five, because to get to six and five, all we're talking about is splitting with the Giants and beating the Bears at home. When you look back at that, like that's, they should be at that point. And I think that's what's so disappointing here for, for this franchise, for fans, for anybody that the schedule was made for them to get to six and five, the way it unfolded, the way the giants are having these issues and how the bears were playing and how, like if they played Denver now, they're going to get run. But at the time that was the best time to play them. So it really set up. And then going into the second half of the schedule, the last six, seven games, you had to put, you had to give yourself a little bit of a buffer because it's a, it's a heck of a schedule coming up. And, you know, now we're at the point where it's just, that, that clock is ticking. And we, you know, we know on, on the coaching staff and all that, it is ticking. And everybody knows it. You know, in that locker room, they know it. And I think the only way they can approach it is do your job, focus on the game, focus on your, focus on, hey, you know, I mean, they still, like, they're going to still say, hey, if you win, because you never know, blah, blah, blah. But I think everybody kind of knows what the score is right now. And it just adds to this mystery of the season. Like, how did it get to this point? I mean, there's certain parts where you say, well, I understand this. The defense being that bad, Bram, I just, it's still, I understand, like, you look at the big plays. I understand why. There's a lot of detailed missed assignments, and there's a there's not great communication back there. It's still baffling to me that it's gotten to this point. 
Yeah, I just, I think the story of the season, we started talking about this weeks ago. The story of the season, there's two things. There's Sam Howe's development, which I think is, to me, is better than, you know, than I even anticipated or hoped. And, it, you know, they optimistically seem right about him so far. You know, I don't like talking about, is he the answer, five, 10 years start or whatever. Like, I just think that he's come along really well. And there's a lot to be excited about with him. So let's just play out the season. But the story of the season is the defense collectively, systemically. And I got to tell you what was really telling. There were quotes from Isaiah Hodgins after the game, um, not the pointed things where the Giants were like, you know, Deontay Banks, who was like making fun of them because he didn't pick them or Kayvon Thibodeau with the thank you stuff to Charles Leno and all that stuff. But Hodgins was asked about them attacking Washington. And, you know, he said initially he's like, we wanted to do the quick game because we wanted to get the ball out of DeVito's hands. But we played with tempo and we did these mesh, you know, uh, alignments that a lot of teams do. It's not that unusual. But he basically pointed out that, like, they get confused. They get tired. They miss assignments. And eventually we're going to take advantage of them. And they were confident in doing so. And the really most telling thing over the last three weeks is, is just think about the offenses that they've played. Mac Jones, who was getting rid of the ball in two seconds or less because any expanded play was a turnover waiting to happen. So by design, New England is refusing to allow him to hold onto the ball. But they played with, you'd think that that would equate to let's shorten the game. They didn't. They played up-tempo, no huddle for most of the first half. The next week, they play Seattle, who I think has a possibility of rectifying their offense because they have very good skill position players. And I, I do believe Geno's a pretty good quarterback. So th- it isn't the same thing like the Giants or the Patriots still like they were not playing well. They were not scoring a lot of points and they were a turnover waiting to happen. And they played up tempo with no huddle against them. And then <laughs> the piece to resistance is undrafted rookie free agent in his second start goes up against this defense and they go no huddle up tempo against them. I, I mean, I, like, honestly, like, so this opens, this is an indictment of the whole operation. It is. I mean, it's not just like the line isn't living up to its to its best, or maybe Forbes needs more seasoning, or there was a mistake here, a mistake there, chalk it up to that. Every team, even ones with bad offenses, are looking at them as ripe for the taking if you employ this type of mentality against them. And that, to me, is something that I don't think can get fixed immediately here. It's something worth figuring out what in the world happened here. Oh, yeah. And there's the, the, the 40-yard touchdown pass is a prime example. Because on that play, and I talked about this in the film review from earlier this morning, but on that play, you see Percy Butler trying to communicate. you got Cam Curl and Danny Johnson right in front of them. And on that play, there's, there's like an exchange because there's a motion, there's an exchange of, of responsibilities. So you've got to communicate that. Well, he's doing it, but clearly not everybody heard it because what happened is both Danny Johnson and Percy Butler go with one guy. Um, the guy coming across, Kendall Fuller's on the outside and trying to chase him. That's not his responsibility. He's supposed to have help on that side. And I and so like that, that guy went inside. And so it leaves that, I'd say, what again? It, it happened again. And so like that's happened a lot. There is confusion at times with the secondary, with the coverages. We've seen that multiple times and it's a, it's a massive problem. And I, you know, it's funny, Bram, because like this team did this to the Eagles at times. Like there were times in the first game, especially where they would motion to a stack, get to a bunch and test their communication, the rules, and they would hurt them because of it. And it was usually like Darius Slay they would get a couple of times, but it's been going on with this group all year. And, 
you know, a big question has been like, well, do they miss Chris Harris? Well, I think to a degree they do, but this was going on. This has been going on for most of the last several years where I think like where I liked with Chris Harris last year in practice, especially he was really good. He'd stand behind the play 30 yards or so call out. Like he would, guys would get in the formations, like call out, call it out. I don't hear you. What are you seeing? What are you seeing? What do you say? And then I think the other guy that you had there was Bobby McCain on the field who, regardless of what you think of his talent, was a good communicator. And what they could use is a stronger version of that, a guy who communicates well on the field to get these guys in place because it's constantly happening. And then other times, other times it's just over-aggressiveness or, you know, a penalty here or just getting beat because you look at a double move and your eyes are in the wrong spot. And that goes back to Emmanuel Forbes and his development and is there confidence that that kid will actually get it? And and I don't know. I don't know. Like, I like his attitude, but how much work needs to be done in his game, Bram? Yeah. You know, I think it, it's just, you know, this is overarching. But, like, the baseline for me for the season was, okay, we have a new offense, um, you know, an offensive line that I think is, you know, let's see what happens here. Hopefully it's not a liability, but let's, let's not pretend they're going to have a top five offensive line with a bunch of pro bowlers. Let's just see, let's, let's play that out and let's see how that goes. And we have this young quarterback, so let's give it a little bit of time. And I, I was open to that. Like, let's just give this a little bit of time and let's see what happens here and see what, as it turns to the second half of the season, where it is. Um, but the baseline was while that's happening, the defense in year four of the program with the majority of the players having been here, and I know some of them are young, quote unquote, but most of them are not rookies. They've at least been here a couple of years that the baseline was that they're going to be good and potentially great. If the line does what we think that they're capable of doing all the speed on the back end, length and speed on the back end, the hope is they're going to become a team that gets a lot of turnovers, which is the thing they did not get a year ago. And instead, there's a ton of miscommunication. The line doesn't live up to what you expect it to do. They're not playing poorly, but they're not having impact plays. They're not flipping drives upside down anymore. And this is pre the trades of Montez Sweat and Chase Young. And honestly, I think like, this is the biggest surprise and really, frankly, disappointment. If you told me in August they were going to be the worst scoring defense in the league, I never would have believed you. And that's where they are. And it doesn't figure to get better taking on Dallas twice, San Francisco, Miami. It doesn't figure to get much better than that. And I'm surprised. I am unqualified to answer why this is the case. I have a lot of good information about a number of the things. But this has turned into something I just did not envision happening this year. And I think that's really the big surprise for me. And you know what's just, you know what, I'll say this too, watching some of these other defenses, you watch the Giants defense, you watch the Cowboys defense, watch the action and the games they do up front. And it, I just, what I appreciate is the Giants have, you know, Thibodeau is a good pass rusher. Dexter Lawrence is a hell of a player. Yeah. Like that guy is an, that guy should be all pro this year. He was playing the way Duran was playing a year ago. Yes. I think it may even be, I think it's better than that. When, when, when we've seen him, I think it's even better than that. I think he's been he's more disruptive. Yeah. But what I like about what the Giants and the Cowboys do is despite having all this talent, Dallas with Micah Parsons, right? They move their guys around. Like they, yep, they they're do. running a lot of games and stunts. They're not just relying on, hey, let's get a Cinco package and get one on ones. And like while I'm all for that, 
you know, you'd like to see a little bit more manufacture rush, some simulated pressures that other teams do pretty well. And I think that's one thing that when you watch these teams, you you know, it's it's fun to watch to see how they do it, but it works. And I know they had nine sacks the other day. So like, that's a little bit different. I get it. And they did put, they, they sent some linebackers, et cetera. But overall, when you watch these other teams, they do of creating more pressure and, you know, because now these guys have a secondary that just doesn't hold up. And if you're not able to, like, for example, on, there was a third and 13 early in the game on the first Giants first scoring drive where DeVito has all sorts of time. And then you have, so that's one mistake, no pressure, four-man rush. And then in the back end, you had like St. Juiced was looking at the tight end, three yards off, is a third and 13. Tight end's about 10 yards from the, from the first down looking at him, but a guy sneaks behind him. And so the eyes are wrong. So you have no rush and wrong eyes, and it leads to a first down and and a scoring drive. So, you know what I mean? Like it's little things, but man, it'd be, you know, I, I, I enjoy watching how Wink Martindale works that line and how Dan Quinn, what he does with Dallas's line as well. And, and yeah. I, you know, so it's just, to me, it's part of the issue here where they just, they've never really gotten that consistent rush and pressure from this group because I think to for too long they relied on hey we have four really good players let them go work yeah I think so too you know I, I think early in the season we were all kind of looking at it going I think they're going to need to start bringing some pressure because it yes. wasn't happening with the front four and that adjustment didn't happen it's too late now um, to your point do they have the type of versatile players that they can move around and do these things with um you know, the way Kayvon Thibodeau's moved around, the way Micah Parsons Maybe not. moved around, even a guy like Miles Garrett, he doesn't just line up at end every single play. They move him around. Um, we're not seeing a lot of this. Like, we're just, we're not. And, you know, I'm not trying to, like, give some kind of, you know, piece of advice to anybody over there. Like, I don't pretend to know better. But I agree with you that, like, it feels like we're trying to play something straight up with people. They're aware of this. They know what our tendencies are. They speed us up. They have youth on the back end with communication errors. And if they speed up, we can't substitute. And when we can't substitute, this is where problems happen. And then secondarily, you know, the thing that's really, you know, got bothersome to me the other day, like, listen, NFL teams are going to have their moments where they look really good. Like, this is not a 60 minute team. Like we have these, these swatches of periods of time where this team is getting gashed. Like, it's not like, Oh, they gave up a play here, a play there. Or they gave up a drive or some guy made some great play. Like, what are you going to do when AJ Brown makes some one handed catch? Like, what are you going to do about it? Like, like, these are great players make great plays. But like after the Rodriguez fumble the other day, it was like the first, it was like three plays later, the giants are like down at the 20 yard line, like automatically, and it's just gash, gash, gash. And their focus is gone for a short period of time. And in an NFL game, if you're not blowing people out or capable of doing that, and these games are so close in Razor's edge, and that's what it's been for four years under this coaching yeah. staff, Razor's edge close games, you're not going to win when this stuff happens. And then, mm-hmm. you know, six turnovers last week. I mean, I have to think that's an aberration. Um, but you know, you're never going to win doing that, but that doesn't take a genius to figure that out. The adventure park at Sandy Springs holiday sale is here. Save 30% or more on climbing and zip lining gift certificates, season passes, ax throwing packages, and more. Our families have enough stuff this year. Give the gift of experience and adventure. 
with eight different levels, 16 courses, 250 climbing obstacles, and over 4,000 feet of zip lines, there is something for everyone. Visited already this year? The courses evolve with the trees around them so each experience has something new to offer. Named Best Amusement Park in the DMV two years in a row, this is an opportunity you won't want to miss. This is their biggest sale of the year and purchases never expire. While the sale runs until Christmas Day, the earlier you buy, the bigger the savings. The perfect gift for families, coworkers, and friends alike is waiting for you at www.theadventurepark.com slash kind. That's www.theadventurepark.com slash kind. And that's K-E-I-M. But what's amazing to me is that they had turned it over five times and they have the ball with a chance to win. Like that speaks volumes about where the Giants are at. And they, you know, and they still had a chance to win and they you know, couldn't do it, obviously. But that's also, but that's the team you lost to is that team. The other thing is with, with how did you see, like to me, you need the full season to measure him. So he played really well for those three games, which is good. And I think there's a lot to like there. You know, but what more do you want to see? What what are you looking to see out of the because those next six games are going to be really tough. For how? For how for for all of them. So what are you well, looking to see from how in this? I mean, you know, for the for the whole group, I mean, just going back to what you were alluding to, and I just want to vocalize here, like I, I'm not gonna get into a conversation about people's job security. I'm one right. uncomfortable about that. Number one, just talking about that in general. I don't really, you know. I don't think this is a Josh McDaniel situation where the players don't want to play for somebody and then it really forces your hand to do something. So I'm going to let the owners make their own decisions about what they're going to do. The evidence will be in front of them and you can make your own subjective judgments about that. But I'm not going to sit here and, and talk about something like that. But what I would like to see at four and seven off of what are three massively disappointing losses, twice to the Giants and one to the Bears, I do want to see a, a semblance of professionalism from this team that they're going to show up and play hard, even if, you know, it doesn't feel like the playoffs are particularly possible right now. I do want to see that. Um, this roster is, it, it's an interesting one for whoever is making the decisions, you know, come January, they have a tremendous amount of cap room. They have a lot of players on expiring contracts. They suddenly have a lot of what looks to be very high draft picks to work with. You know, whoever's coming in here is going to have the opportunity to reshape a roster but the first things first, you need to make judgments about your roster and find out who you have, who wants to be here, who are the players you build around because you don't just flip everything over. So I want to see professionalism. I'll reiterate, I really don't think there's like a locker room problem with the coaches. I don't think it's anything no, like that. It's that. like Matt Canada where the players wanted him out or Josh McDaniels where the players wanted him out. I just think this is a season that's gone wrong, but I don't I don't see the massive finger pointing or like of the coaching staff and the players. So I don't think that that's a problem. So I want to see professionalism. And from Hal, like his numbers are sacks are bad. The turnovers are bad. Last week's turnovers were particularly bad. There's something this defense does that shakes him, the Giants, a little bit differently. He's, two of his worst games were against them. And he was out of sorts the other day for the first time that I've seen in a while. Um so that whatever that is, that matchup's not good for them. The other, the other part that I really want to see from him, I guess now is like, to your point, like Dallas has more turnovers and defensive touchdowns than any team since 2021. They get them twice. They get the 49ers of a massive pass rush 
big time defense. They get the Jets, big time defense. Let's see where they are Christmas Eve, but still, you know, like big time defense this year. They get Miami, who's got a pretty good defense, and they got a smoke show offense that we're going to have to deal with. So, like, I want to see how Hal handles all of that. Let's see what his numbers look like. And to your point, we need to give this the whole year before we start right. anointing people around here. Steve hasn't won very much. Every time when we anoint anybody anything, I'm I'm kind of want to take a step back and go, I like living in the moment too, but let's not go too crazy. Let's get a little more proof. So let's see how Hal handles all of this. But that hit he took, I mean, he's taken a ton of them this year. That one he took at the goal line last week really actually scared me. And I really would like to see him protect himself a little bit more as well. Well, that to me is a key. And that's one of the things I'm looking for is, because there's going to be a lot of things that's hard to measure because they are playing really good as a team. So it's not going to be about, oh, what are his numbers? Now, if he puts up great numbers, that's fantastic. But I don't think I'm going to – I don't want to go overboard if it's a struggle because you're going to look at the opponents like, yes, it's going to be a struggle if these teams get out to a big lead and then the enemy is going to throw 75 times in a row, you're going to put that kid in a spot where he's going to get hit a lot. And so what I would like to see, though, is a sack – the sack percentage rate go down, and it has been going down. Even against the Giants, it continues to go down. That's a good sign because I think that's symbolic of where he's de- how he's developing as well. And you know, so I think that's one of the things I want to see um, because I listen. I think for the for the future, I know somebody on here asked about like what the limit, what the what the ownership group thinks of them. Whatever they tell someone right now, it doesn't matter unless they're tell unless you're hearing it from someone basically privately. If they're saying something publicly, you know you it you kind of have to say what else they're going to say at this point. So you know I think from an ownership perspective, they're going to wait and see and let somebody else, to be honest, probably make that decision about where they're going to go. And then it depends on what's your draft pick. Um, but I like how, and I would have no problem if they said we're going to build around him and see where it goes. Um, because, you know, he's shown a lot and you need to invest more in that line. You need to get another tight end in here and probably another and another receiver to really kind of help him out. Um, and then can you build something? And I think they probably can. Um, so I'm, I like what I've seen, but I do want to see like how you handle the pressure. And, and also, I think that's true for Bienemy as, as well, Bram, because if people want that guy, if listen. We, again, we know where this is going right now with the coaches, I'm barring some big-time turnaround. So if you want Biennemi to be considered for this job, his, he's going to be graded over the next six, week as, six, weeks, as, six weeks as well and how, he, and how he helps develop Howell. So, you know, there's a lot of things to look for here, and it's not just a countdown to got people may, who may or may not lose their jobs. There's a lot to see with this roster going forward. Yeah, the last thing I'd also say for the last six weeks is three of these games are at home. They haven't won there since week one, and they've had some really embarrassing ones. The last yeah. you know, uh, among these, including the Bears and the Giants, I would like to see them, you know, show up a little better for the fan base, just in general. So I would just, I would hope for better performance. You know, even if it's a loss to Miami, you know, next week, um, I, I, I don't think, I don't think people are overly pleased with what's happened on the field, especially in a couple key moments here, and that's. Tough thing where you're trying to ask the fans to come back, be part of this build, and be part of the new. Here we go. We're going to take off again. I really would like to see um, a better performance at home for sure. Oh gosh, they need that. I think if you're the owners, that's that's a big time on your list. This is the guy bringing people to the game, and this is what the product you're seeing. There's no chance that they've enjoyed any of that part. I mean, who who has? So you know, I think there's 
there, that's going to be a consideration as well. But yeah, it'd be nice for them. And again, reward those fans who keep, who have been showing up and they want, listen, we know that this fan base wants to embrace them fully again. And oh, yeah. the owner gives them that chance. Now the team on the field has to give to, to bring them back and keep them there because, you know, it's great that the ownership changed. There's more hope that this guy can build it right than the other guy. And it's by miles, but you still got to do it. And they're gonna have to do it on the field. And, and so like, let's, um, you know, uh, any, any questions on here, Bram? I know there are a few people wanted a couple of things that they want to know um, just about, like, there was one question about Shaq Leonard about, should they go sign him? One thing to keep in mind with Leonard, he wasn't playing up to the contract. You could put in a waiver claim for him. However, you know, I don't think with the money, no. they take up a lot of space. So he's going to become a free agent after that. There's no chance that he's going to opt to sign here. None. No. You're going to sign if you're Shaq Leonard. No, I mean, I don't, think would, I don't think he was going to put a waiver claim in. You have to pick up his contract. His contract's Correct. really high. No one's got the cap room to do it. He's going to clear waivers, and then he's going to go to a contender is what's going to Correct. happen for exactly. the rest of the season. And then uh, and when free agency hits, I guess you could look into it. He's had a lot of injuries the last couple of years, and l let's let Correct. whoever the decision makers are in January, February, think about someone like that. Right. And I think the other one, the other thing that was a positive development for me the other day, there were a couple of young guys. KJ Henry showed up a couple plays and I thought Brian Robinson ran yeah. with more, though know, ran with more patience than I've seen him. And that was to me really encouraging the way he pressed the hole, the way he cut, the way he set up, helped set up his blockers with that patience. And Bram, if they're going to have a chance in hell and win in Sunday or excuse me, Thursday, the enemy is going to have to shift that focus a little bit and start running the ball more in this game in particular. doesn't have to be every game. Doesn't, if he wants to go crazy with the pass, the other games, that's fine. But the way Dallas is built, I think you're going to want to try and run the ball and get it going that way. And, and, and at least more balanced than what they've had. They're like what's well, similar to the last week. I'm like, the, except for the I'm like the surrogate for I'm like the surrogate for B Rob. Like I, every week, I'm like calling for him to get the ball more. You know, when the when camp started, I was like, I, I just I love him as a player. I just don't know if he's a fit for this offense. By the time camp ended, I'm like, stock is way up on this guy. Like, I love him. I actually think you should rely on him more. And I think he's a bell cow. I think he gets better as the games go along. I think he runs really angry. I think he's a tone setter, and he's a very good receiver to go along with it as an outlet player. So he, for me, is someone that I'll be watching here down the stretch because I don't care who's making decisions next year. That guy's on my team. I love him. Yeah, and I, I thought he did a really nice job the other day. And I did want to answer this one question. Why is it that our receivers from Juan, why is it that our receivers are not getting separation? And that's something that is, to me, that's been a troubling development this year because that surprised me. I think you look at some of the metrics and they get the least amount of separation and I don't think I have a good answer for that, even though I wanted to answer it because I wanted to bring up the topic. And there are sometimes there have been sometimes where like off the line, I think like Jahan Dotson at times, there are some physical corners that they've gone against him that hasn't helped. And I wonder sometimes too, they don't use quite as much motion in certain situations as they had before. So I don't know if that's a factor as well. And maybe getting guys into certain spots um, where you can create a little bit more separation and because I thought that was going to be a bigger part of their game and, and it hasn't been, and it's been a, to me disappointing. And then sometimes I, there, there are a couple there's sometimes where there is a, um, when they're coming off the line, the timing and the, the rhythm of it is not always there. And so like there were, and some, the separation too comes in 
there are some times where they're down the field and they may have like three guys covered by two because of the way they come off the line, they come off at the wrong pace. And so that leads to some issues down the field as well, because now you're kind of clogging an area where it's supposed to be a slightly different releases for each, not always happening. So it's another trouble. It's something else that has not been a great development this year. Thought they'd have bigger plays. Anyways, that's it for Bram and I. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Appreciate the questions, the comments, and also again, always appreciate you listening. Happy Thanksgiving. I'll be back on Thursday, wrapping up the Cowboys Commanders game. So talk to you next time.